0: Monday of this past week, we were doing some creative planning for the upcoming year, and we're getting pretty excited about a new series that you don't want to miss out on that will be launching January the 9th. And we were working on the bumper video, like you just saw the bumper video for this sermon, but we're working on the bumper video for this series, and we're going to be in 2 uh, Timothy for the first part of 2022. And so we were thinking about some sort of title called Strong or Stronger and focusing in on one of the passages where Paul tells Timothy to fight the good fight. And so we were creatively thinking about what would we do. And so we thought, man, let's get some like training video. Like, let's get some video of some people training and getting in shape and maybe, like, Rocky Balboa out in the, out in the forest doing pull-ups on a tree and then punching that same tree kind of thing. And, and so we were thinking about that. And so Monday I thought, well, I'm going I'm to reach out to somebody that runs a gym here. Now, I know there's lots of gyms represented here, and so I'm not going to tell you the name of it because you're all kind of like cults, but like good cults. So, um, <laughs> no, so... Uh, I I connected with somebody around here who owns one of the gyms, and I said, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. Do you think we could grab some footage from your gym? And he's like, yeah, come on by. I want to introduce you to uh, my content creator, and we can connect him with Logan, and it'll be great. So I I was in that area uh, on Monday afternoon, and I stopped by and and, uh, said hello and introduced myself, and, and we got to talking about the video. And then he says, so where's your gym? And I'm like, I have a membership to the YMCA. <laughs> which means nothing about my habit of working out. He was like, man, you should start working out here with us. So it's like this kind of crossfit gym, which is awful, people, okay? It's just terrible. And he, so he says to me, hey, you need to come work out. I'm gonna see you at 4.30 tomorrow. And it didn't sound like a request, Okay. <laughs> wasn't like I had a choice in the matter like I was like okay I guess I'm going to be here at 4:30 on Wednesday. So 4:30 on Wednesday I went and worked out and I'm just telling you guys like my spleen hurts. Okay, I don't even know where your spleen is, but it hurts. Everything hurts. Um and on Friday It was my third day in a row of working out. It always starts somewhere, right? So three in a row. I'm pretty excited about that. All right. I started before the new year. So there you go. There's a little inspiration for a few of you. All right. So I get to Friday. I'm hurting immensely and I roll in and and I get a couple familiar looks. So, so this class, they like, they do, they do the workouts together with a whole bunch of people at the same time. And and so it kind of becomes a competitive thing and a couple of, the folks that were there on Friday give me like the look, as us pastors like to call it. You, and you, here's the look. Like you're walking around Target, minding your own business, buying your own Christmas shopping, and somebody looks at you, and they go. And, I'm, and I immediately am like, oh, they, I'm their pastor. I get it. Like, so we're going to have a little conversation. Like, Pastor Brian. Like, that's just how it happens. That's my weird life, okay? Bob's got the same thing. Like, we went to the Cats game yesterday, Bob, me, and Logan Holloman, and everybody's like, oh, it's Pastor So-and-so, Pastor So-and-so, and And we were sitting with with some other guys from E-Free, and it was just the pastor group. Like, they were asking us to pray. It was weird. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So we have these weird conversations, and a couple of the people at the gym were like, Pastor Brian, and I'm like, oh, no, like, you're going to see me sweat and maybe say unpastoral words while I'm working out and hurting so much. And, and, and I have these weird interactions like that. Like, like, that's just the life of a pastor. You just have to always be ready uh, for these weird interactions. And you have to be ready to answer some some really hard questions. Like, what is the gospel? That's one of the questions that, as a pastor, any pastor worth his salt has got to be able to answer the question, what is the good news? What is the Gospel. We've been sharing with you this series called The Gospel for Everyone leading up to Christmas. And I want to turn that question around on you because I think as Christians, we should always be ready to have an answer to that question. So, how would you answer that question? How would you answer the question if somebody came up to you this week and said, Hey, I know you go to Journey Church, uh, I heard you're going through a series called The Gospel for Everyone. What is the gospel for everyone? How would you answer that question? Maybe you would say, Oh, I know this, I know the answer. Okay, there were shepherds in the field keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord shone upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy for all the people, for everyone. And you say, It's good news. That's what it is. We learned that way back in this series. It's good news. They would say, well, what's the good news? You'd be like, well, that's uh, that's a fair question, right? Like, I just know it's good news. Okay, maybe you'd say you get on the right step. You know, oh, there's some Greek there, word euangelion, it means good news. Maybe you would say, oh, I remember another sermon. This guy named Todd Ahrens came and he talked about being on mission and how the gospel is missional and how we're meant to be on mission, and share the good news of Jesus with everyone. And, and, and that I gotta give my life to that mission. Maybe some of you would remember, uh, we talked about some theology. We talked about the four acts of the gospel. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Maybe maybe you'd be like, I I can't come up with much, but I know that we talk about being an all-in follower of Jesus a lot at Journey. So, so maybe that has something to do with The gospel, maybe you think back to Bob a couple weeks ago where he said, You're supposed to share the gospel, but not be weird about it, right? How would you answer that question? After what we've learned, uh, for those especially who have been here throughout this series, how would you answer the question, What is the gospel for everyone? Here's what I want to do with our time together I want to boil down that question, all right? And then I want to talk about how we respond to that question. So I wanna I wanna say, so what? What are we gonna do with that? And I want to give us three action steps that we can take with the gospel for everyone that we can make alive in our life this week. We'll be in John 1, 35 through 42. John 1, 35 through 42. And I, I, wanna, I wanna unveil uh, what the gospel is really clearly by saying this. The gospel for everyone isn't a what, it's a who. The gospel for everyone isn't a what, it's a who. If we boil it down and we make it as simple as we possibly can make it, the gospel for everyone isn't a list of what's, it's a person who is? And his name is Jesus. If you grew up in the church and went to lots of Sunday school, every answer to every question was Jesus. That's right, you got it. Like, you're like, uh, what's what's got a furry tail and climbs around nimbly bimbly on the, the trees and stores nuts for the winter in the fall? And you would say it sounds like a squirrel, but I know I'm in church, so it must be Jesus, right? Okay. <laughs> Jesus, if you boil it down, is the gospel for everyone. The good news put on flesh is Jesus. And I wanna boil it down for us because what we happen to do from time to time in the church is we make the gospel for everyone about a what or a what not instead of a who. Who? We make it a laundry list of what you can do and what you can't do, how you should act, how you shouldn't act, what people you should surround yourself with, what people you shouldn't surround yourself with, what you should do on Sunday morning, what you shouldn't do on Sunday morning. We make it into a what instead of a who. Sometimes we act like, like we're in charge of the gospel more than Jesus is. And we are not in charge of the gospel more than Jesus is because he is the good news. Jesus is the good news. Let me, let me give you an example of how this works out. When we make the gospel for everyone a, a, a what instead of a who, we, we do things like this. We, we say the gospel for everyone is just grace, 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 grace. And maybe you grew up in a church like this where you never talked about sin you never talked uh, uh, about brokenness. You didn't talk about those, those hard things. Like there were some passages you just never talked about in scripture. But every Sunday, all you heard about was grace, 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 grace. And you felt like I can do anything. Like Jesus doesn't care if I do anything. I'll just do whatever I wanna do because grace, 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 grace. There's no such thing as sin. There's no such thing as accountability, Right? Maybe, maybe that's, and so, so somebody says, well, the gospel for everyone is grace, which sounds really good, but, but that makes it into a what? Well, there's a different what. There's a different side to that what. Truth, right? So some of you grew up in these churches. I think a lot of us grew up in these churches where it's a truth church. It's like a capital T truth church. And we talk about sin and how hot hell is and forever, it's a long time, people, right? We, we did that in the church and it made it about the laundry list of truth Truth, 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 truth. A- and what happens is we've made the gospel into a what instead of a who. Early in the gospel of John says, uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And you start to begin to understand that John isn't talking about the word, but he's talking about the word become flesh, which is Jesus. Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He moved into our neighborhood, Right? He's with us, not far from us. And then John makes this great clarification. He says, the word came full of truth and grace, full of truth and grace. See, this is why the gospel for everyone is found in Jesus, because what John is explaining is the fullness of truth and grace, which is what Jesus brings, See, we don't even play a balancing act with this. I think we think this, right? In our tiny little minds, we think, well, I'll give 50% grace, 50% truth, or I'll give 75% truth and 25% grace. No, no, no. Jesus comes with 100% grace, 100% truth. When you look at anything other than Jesus, you're gonna get the gospel messed up. You're gonna make it more probably about you than you are about Jesus. You're gonna make it more about the what? than the who. Jesus models for this. He puts on flesh to show us what and who the gospel for everyone is. When he encounters people who are struggling, like just a few chapters into the gospel of John, he encounters this woman who's sitting at the well and he goes to her and he shares with her all that's broken in her life. And then he says, I'm gonna forgive you. I'm gonna forgive you. But go and leave your life of sin. So he gives her full grace, full truth. I forgive you, but I want you to live in a different way. He gives her full grace and full truth, and so Jesus embodies what the gospel for everyone is. Bob said it a couple of weeks ago. Don't add anything to Jesus. Don't add. Any- it's not Jesus plus something else. It is Jesus. He is. The gospel for everyone. Clear? Are we clear? Clear. Jesus, all right? Gospel for everyone, Jesus. So then the next question is this. What will you do with that gospel for everyone? Right? We've, we've gone through this series, and even if, even if you just came today, you just got the abbreviated version, right? We lift high the name of Jesus. We praise the name of Jesus. We glorify the name of Jesus. He is the gospel in flesh. So what do we do with that gospel for everyone? Because we're not not called to a gospel that just talks about things or thinks happy thoughts about things. We're called to a faith that is a faith of action. Let me rewind you back to January of 2021 when we started this series in the book of James. And in the heart of the book of James, James says, that faith without action is dead, right? Faith that doesn't do something, faith that doesn't walk around, faith that doesn't influence your life, that faith is dead. But faith that is real faith is alive. It's walking around and it's affecting every single aspect of your life. So, so true faith would require that we would do something, that we would respond in some way to the gospel for everyone. So that's what I wanna look at in this little teeny story in John chapter one, verses 35, we'll go through 42 today. I'm gonna give you three action steps. Three action steps. And here's action step number one. Point to the gospel for everyone. Point to the gospel for everyone. Everyone. John 1 35 and 36 says this The next day, John, John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. If you skip back and you're looking in your Bible, you look back to verse 29, just one little section before. And the day before, John the Baptist had been baptizing people, Jesus had shown up on the scene, and John said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's the next day, John sees him again and says, Look, the Lamb of God. What is that? Anybody look? Remember that game? Made you look? <laughs> Did you look? You're like, look, hey, online, I'm looking at you. Children, if you if you're asking your parents if I can see you, I can. I can see you. And you should act a little bit better this morning, okay? Parents, you're welcome. Okay? I want to talk about pointing. Isn't that pointing really interesting? Pointing's really interesting. Like, watch this. We're talking, right? Kathy, we're talking. Like, Kathy's like, oh, I don't even know right now. I can't, I can't even. Yep. Right, we're talking. If, I, if I'm pointing to you, right? Pointing to you, Kenny. I warned you about this this morning. I said, you sat right behind me, my man. <laughs> like, are you gonna point it? Like, when we point at people, we connect with people in a different way. When we point at people, when we point at people, we connect in a different way. When we point at things, we draw attention to those things. Listen, we, we got a security team in here, Okay. So I'm letting you know, you like trying, thinking about trying something, we got a team for you and you'll meet them if you do. So ha, okay. Um, And if there was literally something going on, I would, I would point attention to that and they would take care of the situation very quickly because their attention would go to that because we, we point to the things that we want to draw people's attention to. Let me ask you this question. What is your life pointing toward? Here's a better question. What would other people say your life is pointing toward? What is it that draws other people's attention in your life? What are the conversations that you have? What are the, what are the things you do in the midst of your hardship and your struggles? Who do you turn to? Who do you point to? If I went to your neighborhood knocked on your neighbor's door. And I said, hey, what does that house point to next door? What would they say about how your house points to something? See, John the Baptist is pointing to Jesus. He's pointing to the gospel for everyone. And I want to tell you, this is a tangible action step for us. We should be those who point to Jesus, who point to Jesus. We used to play this game when we were kids. It's kind of awful, but you're gonna thank me in a minute, okay? We used to go to Rocky Mountain National Park because I grew up in Colorado. It's between Estes Park and Grand Lake. It was our version of Yellowstone. And we'd go there and we'd play this game. And what we would do is we'd, say, Mom and Dad, Mom and Dad, pull over, pull over. And we'd pull over, and we would all point up the mountain. And if we were really bold, some of us would jump out of the car and point up the mountain at nothing, okay? And then we would wait and wait until cars would start filing in behind us and pointing up the mountain and trying to look through binoculars of what we're looking at, and then we'd all pick in the car and drive away. <laughs> and you can do this in Yellowstone. You're welcome, Okay? <laughs> John sees Jesus, he points to Jesus. He points he points his own disciples to Jesus. Do you notice this? We don't do this. Do you know who we usually point at? Maybe that's just me. I, I think what happens is we often point to ourselves, our own things, what we want what we think is best in our lives, what we deem to be important, instead of looking and pointing toward Jesus, we, we, point, we point toward ourselves. Like even John, like John's having a banner year, okay? Like John is baptizing tons of people. There's a big following around him, right? Like John is like touchdown Tommy yesterday, okay? A lot of people following him on Instagram after yesterday, all right? Like John's having a pretty good day. But do you know what John does? He takes that and he turns it around and he says, how can I I leverage all that God has given me to point back to the gospel for everyone? In fact, just a couple chapters later, John's disciples come to John and say, Jesus and his disciples, they're baptizing more people than you. This is so human, right? This is why I love the Bible. Because this is how it works, right? Like, Dirty little secret. When some churches grow really fast and some churches don't, the churches that don't grow really fast are like, that church over there, they must be doing heresy or something. Like, we're just humans. We don't like it, right? We don't like it. And we struggle with that because we like to point at ourselves. But John doesn't do that. He actually says this, I must decrease so that he, Jesus, can increase. I must become less. So that he may become more. Whose name are you pointing toward? Like with your life, with your actions, with your words, with your intentions, what is your life pointing toward? I think this is a tangible action step for us. We need to point people to Jesus. When people are going through hard things, we can come alongside of them and say, hey, I want to point you to Jesus in this moment. When people are celebrating, we can join with them in celebration. And we can say, hey, there's an even greater celebration. I want to point you to that greater celebration. In all the ups and the downs of life, we can continue to point people to Jesus. That is our job as followers of Jesus. As all-in followers, we are to point people toward Jesus just like John did. So number one, point to the gospel for everyone. Number two, I want us to respond to the gospel for everyone. Respond to the gospel for everyone. So it says this, verse 37. So John says, look, Lamb the God, the, Lamb, the Lamb of God. And then verse 37, when the two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. So John's disciples, they leave Jesus. Jesus looks back and he sees these two disciples following. He says, what do you want? And they say, hey, we we wanna see where you're going. And he says, come. Come and you will see. And then he spends the day with them. Let's ponder this for a minute. Let's ponder it in this way. Let's imagine, okay, that your favorite athlete, favorite musician, favorite famous person who's still alive right now, get that person in mind, okay? All right? Comes walking in right now, all right? And sits down next to you and says, hey, can I take you out for lunch? Who's saying no today? Anybody? Like, you're going to say no? They go, I got some family plans. Sorry, Justin Timberlake, ain't coming out with you today, <laughs> right? Got some plans, Michael Jordan, ain't going out with you. Like, seriously? Like, if someone walks in here, like Chris Stapleton walks in and goes, hey, Brandon, covered that song pretty good, my friend. Want to go out for lunch today? I know where Brandon is going, and it's not out for lunch with his family. It's out for lunch with Chris Stapleton. The King of kings and the Lord of lords wants to spend the day with you. And not just today. He wants to spend every single day for the rest of eternity with you. That's the offer. How would you turn that down? The the one who was there when the heavens and the earth were shaped into being. The one that knows you intimately, he knows all of your sorrow, all of your pain, all of your celebration. He knows your sin and he knows your giftedness. He knows everything about you. He knew you before your parents even had any thought of you. He crafted you together. And he loves you with a love that I promise you, you cannot comprehend. You spend the rest of your life trying to comprehend the love of Jesus and you won't get there. Willing to give himself for you, on your behalf, in your place, and he wants to spend time with you. He invites you to come. Come. Come and you'll see You'll, you'll, you'll see. You'll see what's going on. You'll, you'll see what I'm all about. You'll, you'll see how I act. You'll, you'll see the things you should believe in. You'll, you'll see. How then would you respond to that invitation? Like, We get really important RSVPs, right? Response, s'il vous plaît. It's this fancy French word or something, right? I don't know. You Google it. I don't know, I don't know what the whole deal. Anyway. But we respond to those kind of things. the King of kings and the Lord of lords wants to be in relationship with you. Some some of you aren't at the point where you can point to Jesus. Some of you are at the point where you need to respond to Jesus. And I I think it's a one-time thing, but I think it's an everyday thing. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've been following Jesus for a long time. And every single day, every single minute, for that matter, I need to say, Jesus, I'm gonna to respond to you in this moment. Because you, you, you call me to come with you and sometimes I, I, I say, I got this one, Jesus. I don't need you. He, he invites us. He invites us to respond to him, to come with him, to be with him. And I, I'm, I'm gonna, usually pastors do at the end of the sermon, This is a little weird. Just stay with me, okay? Um, what I'm gonna do is I wanna I want engage with those of you who never responded, whether online or on site. And, and so I, I actually, we're not gonna have any fancy music in the background or anything, so it's not like magical, okay? But we're, all just, we're just gonna take a moment. I just want us all to close our eyes a second. I'm just gonna lead us in a, a responsive moment. Jesus, um, thanks that we can respond to you right now. It doesn't take, it doesn't take fancy anything. It just takes a responsive heart. And so God, I pray for those in the room and online that have not responded to you, that you've been calling to them and for whatever reason, they've been pushing you away. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open their hearts to you and I pray that they would respond to you. Maybe for the very first time. And... Um, If that's you and and you're wrestling with this or or you said, man, I've wandered away from Jesus for a very long time, all you need to do is cry out to him. No fancy prayers, no no nothing crazy and special. All you need to do is say, Jesus, I love you. I wanna respond to you. I know that I am broken and I need you to fix me. Please be my Lord and Savior. in Jesus name. Amen. You can respond at any moment in any place at any time. Don't wait. Let's keep going. Verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon, who is Peter, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. So we point to the gospel for everyone, we respond to the gospel for everyone, and then we bring, we bring people to the gospel for everyone. It's the very first thing it's the very first thing that Andrew does. He Spends the day with Jesus, and he's so overwhelmed by the experience that he goes to Simon Peter, and he says, you gotta, you got to come with me. This is the natural response for those who respond to Jesus. They always want to bring people to Jesus. Remember that gal I talked about earlier in the sermon? Samaritan woman, she's out at this well. Jesus has this encounter with her. He tells her all that's going on in her life. And she, her mind is just blown. She's like, this, this is the one they've been talking about. This is the Messiah. This is the Christ. I, I gotta go. I gotta go tell people about this. So what does she do? She runs into town and she tells everybody, hey, come here, come with me. And she brings this crowd out to Jesus. She brings all these people out to Jesus. One of my other favorite stories. There's these four guys and their friend cannot walk. And they hear that Jesus is in the area. And so they're like, Jesus can make him walk? We're gonna bring him to Jesus. So they grab the corners of the mat that he's on. They carry him to Jesus. They get to the house where Jesus is at. There's no room in the house. And the the weird engineer crazy guy on the team, you always got one. He's like, I know. We can go up on the roof. We can dig through the roof, lower him to Jesus because Jesus can heal him. So that's what they do. They get up on the roof, they lower the friend of Jesus and then Jesus, go look at this. Jesus looks at the guy and looks at them and says, I've seen your faith. Go look at it. It says when Jesus saw their faith because they were willing to bring their friend to Jesus. Can I be honest with you? Pointing to Jesus, not really that hard. Responding to Jesus, that's a little more. That's like very intimate and you've got to take a step. Bringing people to Jesus is hard work. It's hard work. It's the work we were made for though. We are those who are called to bring people to Jesus. I was pondering this throughout the week and just thinking about loving what, what does it look like to love our neighbor what does it look like to love our coworker? what does it look like for us to love our friend and like especially the ones that don't know Jesus like loving them doesn't mean I don't get in their business I don't intrude upon their beliefs I don't I don't share with them the good news. That, that's not love. That's passivity. That's not love. That might be closer to hatred than love. It might be. Love is knowing what we know and then sharing it with them. It's not loving to know what we know about the creator God who holds all things together and then not share that with him. That's not loving church. It's not loving to believe that we can either live life with God forever or not. These are stark differences. And if we withhold the fact that we know the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus, if we withhold that from them, we don't love them. Don't tell me you love your neighbor if you're withholding that from your neighbor. Please don't. Don't. Don't tell me you love your coworker. if you're not sharing with them the greatest news ever, like that's not love. If somebody's drowning and you're like, "Hey, don't drown. That's not love, is it? Like, love is what? I go get in the water. I take the risk. I might drown too but I'm going to get out there. I'm going to try to help him. I'm going to try to rescue him. I'm going to try to bring him back to land. I'm going to put myself at risk. I'm going to take that step. I'm going to go out. Like, church, what if we thought like this? David Platt, I just love, he's this just super challenging pastor, um, written a bunch of books, look him up later, but he says, he paints this picture to the church, kind of, kind of a parable of sorts. He says the church at one point used to, used to see themselves on this grand rescue mission. Th- that that we we were this place where where people would go out and save ships that were sinking, and we'd bring them back, and 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 we would go help. And, th- and then somewhere along the line, we we lost the idea that we were on a rescue mission, and we started turning into a club. And we were like, yeah, we should. We should rescue people, so let's just build a lighthouse so we don't have to go out there anymore. And then, and then, and then, and then we got an argument about what kind of lighthouse we should, we should have. Like, should we have a big lighthouse or a little light, light, lighthouse? Or should that lighthouse have like, praise and worship music? Or should that lighthouse have hymnals? Like, what should that lighthouse... Do you want to get what I'm saying? We forgot that we were on a rescue mission. We forgot that we were called to grab people, to save people, to drag them to Jesus, to say, Jesus, you can do what only you can do. How can I bring one more to you? Here's the challenge. Here's what I want to contemplate as we close together. It's going to take courage. It's going to take you stepping out of your comfort. But I, I, I want you to have a tangible takeaway. So, little thing called Christmas this week. Maybe you've heard of it, all right? We're gonna have five services. Wednesday, six o'clock. Thursday, six o'clock. Friday, two, four, and six. And I wanna give you some tangible tools. Christmas at the commons.com. Can you say that with me? One, two, three. Christmas at the One more time. Christmas at the If you're online, type it into the chat. It'll be good, okay? Here's why you need to know that. Because you can have a conversation with your coworker. You can have a conversation with your neighbor. And you can say, hey, um, do you have anywhere to go for Christmas? Like for Christmas worship, do you, do you have a place to go? Because guess what? They think you're going to ask anyway right now. They, like they know. And if they don't, point number one, point to Jesus. You got you some work to do, okay? But like a lot of them know that you're that Jesus-y family and they, that you go to Journey Church, a lot of them know they're almost expecting that you would invite them. And so you get to say, hey, hey, where are you going for Christmas services? Because if you're not going anywhere, oh, man, I'd love for you to come to Journey. In fact, here, I'll just text you this, christmasatthecommons.com. You can remember this, christmasatthecommons.com. You text that to them and they can just hit that link and grab their tickets and off they go. Or be better, be bolder, be braver. You can say, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get you a couple tickets. How many do you want? Like, I don't want you to not have a seat and I'll meet you. Like there's a lobby area and I'll meet you down by the kids area and then we can sit together. I just, just really want to share with you what, what's part of my life. What's a big part of my life. And then listen, they're going to come and then Bob's going to get up here and talk about Jesus. You don't even have to do that part. How about that? i making it pretty easy this week. All right. He's going to share about Jesus. We're going to share the good news of Jesus. We're going to share testimonials that are going to blow your socks off. I'm telling you right now. It's going to be an incredible evening. And listen, we're going to light candles and sing silent night together at the end, right? Like, come on, man. I promise you, your neighbor's going to be like, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I got the candle, I'm in. Like telling you, bring them, bring them, bring them. If you love them, if you really love them, won't you bring them? Let's pray. Jesus, I pray right now that you would bring specific people to mind, specific families to mind from work, school, from our neighborhood. God, I pray that you'd give us boldness to point to you to help them respond as we respond to you and, and to bring them not just to bring them to a church service but to bring them also into our lives that they could see that they could taste and see God that you are good Jesus I, I, I just pray that we would be so convicted to action and that that action would have a tangible difference on this valley and in our communities, in our schools, in our workplaces. I pray that this Christmas would be a Christmas unlike any other, Jesus. We love you. We wait on you. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.